Slam for November 15th, Sunday. Today, your host and only host, Lee, will be reviewing AW Dynamite for Remembrance Day, Veterans Day, as it were, on uh, November 11th, 2020. Daily's Place, Jacksonville, Florida. This, of course, is the follow-up Dynamite uh, to last week's, last weekend's uh, pay-per-view full gear. Uh, open the broadcast with a card thanking their veterans for their service. New intro, same music. Like the intro, it's good. High uh, energy, lots of colors. Good stuff. JR welcomes us and once again uh, thanks the veterans as he does, uh, as does the gun club at ringside also have a big thank you veterans sign. Uh, Kristen, my wife, mistakes Taz as DJ Khaled. Uh, I can't at all blame her. He, he kind of sounds like him and at first appearance looks like DJ Khaled, maybe like stepping out to Starbucks or something, wearing a, wearing a cap deep down on his forehead, uh, covering his eyes. Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, and the aforementioned Taz appear. Taz calls out Darby Allen, who's sitting up in the stands, as he do. Taz uh, puts over Brian's opponent, Matt Seidel, as someone who's respected in locker rooms around the world. Taz joins Excalibur, JR, and Tony. Shivani, that is, on commentary. Classic big man, little man match. Taz is uh, is sick of Darby's uh, gimmick, basically. He's just kind of like putting down... Uh, how this guy operates in AEW, criticizing the things that uh, make him him, essentially. Uh, Excalibur stumbles into a mention of AEW games and the upcoming console release next year. Taz jokes that Team Taz is so disrespected in AEW that they won't even be included. Seidel reverses a powerbomb here before uh, hitting a Meteora on the ramp to Cage. Yikes. Gut wrench into a powerbomb, uh, so Seidel breaks free and chops uh, Cage's legs with some kicks. Near fall, standing corkscrew flip, another near fall. Enough is enough, Cage gets Seidel ready for the drill claw. Seidel, uh, or, or not the drill claw, the drill claw is when the guy's vertical. What's the, what's the one where he's got him under his, his big meaty flap arm, uh, Brian Cage that is. Seidel explodes with a reversal, dropping Cage to the canvas for a near fall. Taz pleads with Ricky Starks to intervene. Seidel off the top rope, head first into the waiting arms of Brian Cage, who plants him and pins him. Uh, this is an incredible opening match for this Dynamite. Starks on the ma- uh, mic here. He promises to put anyone uh, in their way in a grave. The revolution will be televised. Hit it! And uh, nothing happens, and then they leave. Uh, I'm assuming he was he meant for the music to play, but that clearly wasn't the case. Uh, as the music never plays, they play the generic dynamite music that plays in between segments instead. So, uh, anyways, yeah, Team Taz is great. Matt Seidel is uh, it seems like I you know I don't know the guy from the hole in the wall. I've heard a lot about him. Uh, he's excellent in this match. He he has a lot of unique stuff about him. And uh, wow, uh, if you need uh, the guy that the guy fights before he goes to get the championship match, Matt Seidel's that guy. Uh, and maybe will one day be that guy going for the champion himself uh, in AEW. I don't know. Like, I'm not sure of his gimmick per se, uh, but as a uh, as a worker in the ring, he's he seems excellent. Brian Cage also great in this match and always uh, goes above and beyond to do things that a man his size uh, with his amount of muscles shouldn't be trying. And uh, I appreciate it. That's why he is the FTW champion. All right, tonight. Uh, Penta L0M versus Ray Phoenix. The Lucha Bros will uh, fight one another in the tonight's main event. MJF's Inner Circle membership ceremony. Scorpio Sky versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard. Tai Conti versus Red Velvet with Anna Jay and uh, Brandy Rhodes, respectively, in the corners there. Butcher and Blade with Bunny versus Natural Nightmares in a bunkhouse match. And up next, what's next for Cody Rhodes? That's right, Cody Rhodes. The man has 
his full name back. This is news. After a brief commercial, Cody's music hits. Uh, he acknowledges the awful weather. Apparently, it was uh, like raining sideways into Daly's place for this uh, this match. It had a good wind going, so I think the uh, the live spectators were getting a good like back of their neck full of rain here in Florida. Uh, Cody congratulates Darby Allen, the new TNT champion. Uh, Cody says that he and Arn aren't seeking a rematch at this time. Says there is another match he's interested in, and that's with MJF. A strange woman appears. Can I help you? Cody asks. She grabs the microphone. She tells Cody how dare he lie to the AW audience. She introduces introduces herself as Jade Cardill. I don't know who this is. Uh, makes fun of Cody calling himself a giant killer. Nothing about him is giant. The audience laughs at Cody's implied dick size. Jade says she knows a giant. She speaks in a classic WWE promo cadence that would be great for a crowd yelling what between every three words she says. Uh, she says shit. The censors miss it. She turns to leave, congratulates Cody on his name, uh, but I guess you didn't have the balls to go by one name, which is kind of a weird put down. Uh, that giant you were talking about, and then she pauses, uh, which is great because it gives you enough time to be like, Cody hasn't said two fucking words since you've come out here, lady. You were talking about a giant. Uh, you know what his name is? Shaq. The crowd seems confused. As to what the hell's going on here. But thankfully, Brandy Rhodes appears and wakes this segment up. Uh, this isn't an open mic night. Uh, don't look at him again. You can take your ratchet ass off my stage. You understand me, heifer? Bitch, get your ass out of here. Brandy turns. Jade pats her on the butt. A teamster appears to break them up. A distracted Cody Rhodes is attacked from behind by Cajun Starks. Darby's music hits. He enters the ring with a spiked jacket. A coffin drop on Starks to send him reeling. Hits Cage in the corner to force him to retreat as well. It's revealed there are actually thumbtacks stuck through Darby's jacket here. This man is tired of being jumped from behind enough that he's just going to go around armed uh, with a jacket. And I can't say I blame him. Cody and Darby stand tall in the ring. Will Hobbs pops in to threaten an already retreating Team Taz with a chair. And he pulls off his shirt long after they've gone. That's like the guys who are starting trouble at the bar are in their car actively driving away. And you run out into the street and rip your shirt off and uh, tell them they don't want none. Back from break, we get a recap of uh, Paige and Omega from Full Gear. They show actual moving video from the pay-per-view instead of stills. Uh, I don't know if WWE still does just the stills from their pay-per-view. I don't know if it matters since the WWE Network has become so prolific uh, for, for the, their pay-per-view shows, but I always thought that was, that was funny. Like, you can show fucking eight seconds from a 15-minute match. You're not... People who paid for the pay-per-view won't be like, Hey, what the fuck? I, I think that's okay. JR reminds us that Omega is the number one contender for the AEW title. Alex Marvez is backstage with John Moxley. Bit of an audio issue here, uh, where we can hear the men in the local mic as well as echoing through Daly's place. Makes it very distracting, to say the least. Moxley says his belt represents everyone going through hard times here, uh, and he will keep defending it. Says beating Omega once is something. Beating him twice requires someone special. He is that someone. December 2nd, Omega vs. Moxley. Circle your calendars. Bunkhouse match. Bunkhouse match. What is a bunkhouse match? I watched one. I can't really tell. It's a no disqualification match. Anything goes. You can low blow. You can use weapons. Uh, those weapons are already laid about the ring. Uh, in addition to weapons and and chairs and ladders and the stuff you would expect, there are also like old. You know where you like tie up your horse? Those like old western fences. That's just like the post uh, meant for tying up your horse with a rope. Those are there. Also hay bales. Uh, a s smaller like you're going on a hay ride. Uh, bench hay whatever you would call it, uh, is there. Those aren't really used in the match. And then tables and whatnot. Butcher Blade and Bunny out first looking ready. 
we get a recap of the supposed feud uh, based around Bunny spending all of QT's money when they were briefly an item of some sort. The Natural Nightmares are their opponents, QT Marshall and Dustin Rhodes. Uh, Butcher and Blade attack, and the bell rings. There are chairs and other goodies laid about the ring, as I mentioned, near the barricades. Uh, guitar full of flour is the best way I can describe it. Uh, Blade hits QT in the face with this. Dustin chases uh, uh, Blade into the ring with a bull rope and cowbell. Butcher appears and blindsides Dustin with a crossbody whilst holding a chair. QT pops his head up, apparently cut open from this guitar full of flour. Uh, Benny... I'm not sure who Benny is. I'm assuming this is meant to be Bunny. Is trying to handcuff Dustin for what seems like forever. He, she finally succeeds. I was about to say he on account of me calling Bunny Benny. Which I will now just refer to her as Benny from here on out. Uh, he's cuffed to the top turnbuckle in the corner. Butcher and Blade set uh, up a ladder in the nearby corner. They hurt him emotionally. Now they're hurting him physically as well. Says Excalibur about Butcher and Blade's assault on QT Marshall. Benny gouges QT's face with scissors. I it looked like a potato peeler or something, but it was apparently scissors. Jesus Christ! Uh, Dustin gets a, a kendo stick dropped uh, by a flailing QT, and while still handcuffed to the corner, starts flailing around with this uh, this kendo stick. Blade decks him, and the handcuffs supposedly break as Dustin tumbles to the floor. Obviously, they weren't attached. It was it was a Benny didn't do a good job here with the handcuffs. QT has a John Moxley haircut now. Makes him look a little tougher than his, like, kind of weird balding thing he had going on before. Uh, I've been made aware that the the uh, the heat I've been watching this whole time and reporting on was actually the picture-in-picture -picture portion of the match. Uh, but because, of course, it's our uh, boys here, Butcher and Blade, I didn't mind uh, watching them have the upper hand here. The grandson of a plumber spikes Butcher and Blade with a ladder. Uh, Butcher power throws a chair at Dustin and disarms him. Lashes, kendo shots at ringside between Dustin and Butcher. QT with a fire extinguisher to Butcher's face. Dustin bulldogs him through a nearby plywood platform. Uh, Blade re-enters uh, the ring covered in blood. Uh, bad day to wear white pants. QT and Blade tee off on one another in the ring. QT smashes Blade with a trash can lid and sets up a ladder. He ascends this 12-foot ladder and hot dogs for a moment before dropping off this 12-foot ladder with a massive elbow drop on Blade who kicks out at two. Why that isn't the finish of the match, I could not tell you. Blade drapes himself on the bottom rope. He is bleeding to death. Blade is bleeding so much in this match. Uh, so early on in the night here. I don't know if, if this was, was necessary. It obviously... This was on purpose. This is not... This is not a hard way. This isn't a accidental cut. This is... Uh, intentional for both he and QT to be bleeding so much. Butcher appears with a chain, slams QT. Dustin appears uh, at the ring. Big right hand to Butcher, power slam to Blade. Uh, we get a slow motion code red to Butcher before Blade hits Dustin in the throat with a chain. Uh, Benny tosses Blade a number of chairs. Uh, the announcers call a Bunny here an evil woman. Blade swimming in his own blood, says Excalibur. Full death onto a chair for Dustin. QT breaks up the pin with a trash can lid. QT... Is, is really good with a trash can lid. Uh, he's He's got proficiency. Diamond Cutter to Butcher. Blade hits the low blow on QT. Bunny takes a bump through a table as Blade is bumped into the ropes. A flurry of action ending with another Diamond Cutter from QT to Blade. One, two, three. A bloody violent match. Everyone bumping, including Bunny or Benny. Uh, not for everyone, but I thought this was pretty excellent. Uh, and if you saw this in person or it was like the house show main event or something like that, this would be absolutely excellent. Uh, just maybe a little too much blood for... The type of match we're going for here, maybe blood and and this kind of uh, business should be should be reserved for pay-per-views or at least for uh, the main event stuff on the match. As you look at something like the main event here with the, with the Lucha Bros, no blood in that match, uh, for example. I don't know. 
whatever. We get a flashback of the Elite Deletion match from Full Gear. Hardy talks about his rivalry with Sammy. Says Sammy has earned his respect going to war with him like that. Last we saw Sammy, he was left dead on the floor of a garage of the Hardy compound. Hardy says uh, not to squander this gift he has given him, referring to the rub from being in the program with the man. Breathe it in, man! Happy 50th birthday to Chris Jericho, who enters to a uh, chorus of Judas. Jericho steps to the podium set up in the center of the ring and says, It's an important night in Jacksonville. We're adding two members to the inner circle. Introduces the OG inner circle. Ortiz, Santana, and Hagar appear. Sammy is missing. Jericho says, Where is Sammy? He knows we're here. He got out of the hospital. He digresses. Uh, This slow face turn for uh, Sammy will be very sweet. Let's just savor it. As MJF uh, continues to force Sammy out. I fully expect the cardboard cutout of MJF and Chris Jericho hugging from Vegas. Uh, or something like that. To to further drive a wedge into this inner circle. MJF and Wardlow appear. MJF speaks. Says real men cry. Talks about his five long years in the wrestling business. This gets booed. His father giving him only one million dollars to live his dream. This gets booed. Uh, he talks about the pressure he's under. Jericho nods in agreement. He turned... Uh, me into a di- uh, it turned me into a diamond you see today, says MJF, presents his uh, some poetry he's prepared, says his homies and proud and powerful will dig it. I'm not going to recite his poem, but it was okay. Ortiz on the mic says he does not want this guy in the inner circle. He wants him out. Jericho says, if there's an issue with it, it's with him. He made the step. He beat him uh, to enter the, the inner circle. This is all Jericho's fault, so to speak. Jericho says, uh, with this man's brain and this man's muscle, referring to MJF and Wardlow respectively, the inner circle will be even stronger. You will make it work, understand? MGF says, he doesn't want all this tension. He started at the bottom and now he's here. Uh, We aren't just uh, here to celebrate me, though. We're here to celebrate your birthday! Balloons and confetti rain from the ceiling. Jericho is ecstatic, smiling from ear to ear. MGF tells everyone to shut up next week. We're all going to Vegas, and it's all on me. The inner circle accepts their tickets from as MGF loudly sings, Happy Birthday to Chris Jericho. Full Gear Bucks vs. FTR recap backstage with Alex Marvez and the Bucks. Microphone echo is still happening, but is quickly corrected. What's next for the Young Bucks? Hard to say, says Nick. The world probably wants to see a rematch. Matt interrupts. We're looking for fresh opponents. Brings him uh, to a message he received from an indie group called Top Flight, who also earned themselves a win on Dark previous weeks, and that will be their opponent next week on Dynamite. Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard versus Scorpio Sky. Oh boy. Uh, Tony announces Cody and Darby Allen versus Team Taz. Uh, which is Brian Cage and Starks on next week's Dynamite, as well as Bucks vs. Top Flight has been uh, has been booked. Leaping Flatliner from Scorpio Sky after Spears flubs a backbreaker. We're back from picture in picture. Dark results scroll by. Sky with the upper hand gets a two count on Spears. Ref has to re- repeatedly check Spears' glove for a metal plate, uh, which I have a lot of questions about. So Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard have been cheating. He's been wearing this black glove all the time. Tully slips him a metal slug for the glove. Sean Spears knocks out his opponent and quickly ditches the metal slug, which Tully then hides. Takes a bit of coordination between these two men, only now the referee is onto them. He knows Spears is repeatedly doing this, so throughout the match he's checking his glove. Why wouldn't this man just have to remove his glove or wear a different glove that didn't have a pocket where metal could easily be slipped in and out of it? I don't know, but it's a major part of the end of this match. Uh, these men fight in and around a pair of stairs at uh, ringside here. Spears slams Sky's uh, spine first into the steps. Scorpio Sky looking for a TKO. Uh, somehow ends up with Spears in a deathlock long crawl to the ropes here. Tully hides a slug in the corner. Distracts the ref with another metal slug. Scorpio tosses that slug from the ring. Spears hits a massive loaded right hand shot. Pins Scorpio 1-2-3. Ref is upset that he can't figure out where the other slug came from. If it even exists. And this one is over. This is where it gets 
the 4D chess of this where the, the ref is like, I know you're cheating. I just cannot catch you in the moment you do it. And the moment he would be able to catch him cheating is when he's counting the pin is is all very silly. Uh, and and this this gimmick has to evolve in some way. I don't I don't mind Sean Spears. Like he's he's not blown anybody away in AEW by any stretch of the imagination. He's a perfectly fine wrestler. Uh, Scorpio Sky here losing, of course, uh, to the cheating. Team of Sean Spears and Tully. Dasha backstage with Kenny Omega. Nope, Kenny ran off. Dasha apologizes. Alex Marvez has to run Kenny down in the parking lot, and we throw to him. The news is out. The championship match is set. Omega has to step out of his position as second best. Where is the cleaner? He's heard the whispers. Kenny is ready to reassume the role of being best in the world, just coming off as a cocky heel here. Uh, Kenny says he uh, he couldn't find a match in history between he and Moxley where there was a standard pro wrestling rule. Uh, so that will be uh, that will be the match, just a wrestling match between Kenny and Moxley, as they had something with. There was no disqualification. What kind of it was a street fight? Uh, whatever their first match was or whatever, which definitely favors Moxley. Alex throws back to the announced team. Take Conti with uh, Anna Jay versus Red Velvet with Brandy Rhodes. Brandy Rhodes is not in the mood to pose with Velvet. This match goes about as well as you could expect. Bulldog from Red Velvet, uh, top drop toe hold rather. Conti on the rope, double knee to the spine by Velvet. Into the corner, a running stunner. Take Conti kicks out a two. Double roundhouses, both women down. Anna Jay tries to slide a chair into the ring. Nobody will see that, jokes JR. Conti kicks the chair out of the ring. She doesn't want to cheat. She's blindsided by a leg lariat from Velvet. Kicks out. Conti gets a pump kick to the face of Velvet, knees her in the head, and Conti pins Velvet 1-2-3. Didn't need to cheat to win. After that match, Conti and Anna Jay hug out their differences, and JR throws once more to Alex Marvez, who is a very busy man on this evening. Inner Circle celebrating their upcoming Vegas trip. Sammy appears, says he got an email that said to go to the beach. Sammy has a giant bandage on his head uh, from where Matt Hardy murdered him. Uh, there was a second email that changed the meeting location to Dynamite. Sammy never received that email, hence the confusion. He's hot about it. MJF gives him a ticket to Vegas, says it's on him, and this segment ends. Recap of Cassidy and Best Friends and Miro, Kip, and Penelope from last week. Next week, we will get Kip Sabian versus Orange Cassidy, Young Bucks versus Top Flight, Cody Rhodes and Darby Allen versus Team Taz, and Inner Circle will slay Las Vegas. Eddie Kingston appears, says he knows his name, and tells everyone to stop cheering it. Let me speak quick. At Full Gear, your champion John Moxley made me say I quit. He has to deal with it. Unlike everyone here that would quit and never return to pro wrestling, he will go on and become world champion. He puts over the upcoming Penta vs. Phoenix match, says you're welcome. It's time to work out their differences in the ring. Phoenix vs. Penta, Lucha Brother vs. Lucha Brother. We're back from break. Eddie is on commentary for this one. Penta, with a standing submission hold, breaks it and decides to pull off Phoenix's mask. This is a disgrace. It would be a disqualification in Mexico, says Tony Schiavone. Eddie tells him to shut up. These are grown men. They got to win by any means. They get paid more, and they got to feed their families. Uh, Phoenix has a partially torn uh, mask here. Penta grabs a hold, uh, and we head to picture-in-picture. Picture. Ten minutes remain in this broadcast. Tony can, uh, continues to bury Eddie for destroying one of the greatest tag teams of all time by pitting these two Lucha Bros against one another. Now Phoenix gets uh, a rip in on Penta's mask, which is also gimmicked to just show enough of his face without completely revealing it. Penta spikes Phoenix for a near fall. Eddie keeps referring to Penta as his best friend, clearly partial to him. Partially unmasked Penta reminds me of Kenny Hotz, of Kenny Verspenny fame. Uh, it's mostly the hair and stubble. Phoenix gets flashy, can't manage to get a three count here. Penta puts Phoenix away with a package pile driver. Eddie says there's time left, right? Gets back on the mic, puts over the match. You just saw two of the best in the world go at it. Eddie kicks Phoenix from the ring, congratulates his best friend, uh, Penta, on his win. 
uh, says he doesn't need Phoenix any longer. Pax m- music hits. Did you think I'd be gone forever? This man is angry. You made a big mistake. A clown car of referees appear to hold Eddie and Pac apart. Tony uh, is told by... Uh, Tony Schiavone, rather, is told by Tony Khan that Pac versus The Blade is set for next week on Dynamite. If The Blade can stop bleeding by then. Excalibur reminds us of the short-lived Death Triangle, which was Pac and the Lucha Bros before uh, the pandemic hit and Pac had to go back overseas and has remained there ever since. JR says goodnight, and we go off the air as Eddie and Pac continue to their pull-apart angle in the ring. That was the show. A great Dynamite. Uh, looking forward to the next one. Didn't do the uh, the ratings number that people would have expected coming off of a pay-per-view. Especially a pay-per-view as solid as Full Gear. But when you really consider it, the top matches on Full Gear weren't really followed up here in a major way. You didn't have Paige or Omega in action. You didn't have John Moxley outside of a promo. And the Young Bucks just basically said, hey, if you want to see our next match, it's next week. And no FTR on the show whatsoever. So to that end... Uh, a ho-hum dynamite in terms of, hey, we got a lot of weeks to go before the next pay-per-view, but look forward to that uh, Omega versus Moxley match on December 2nd, and a pretty loaded dynamite card already. Looking forward to some surprises. And we get Pac back in action, so that's exciting. If you want to interact with the show, at Iceberg is us on Twitter. Lee at Iceberg.com is my email address. You can leave a question, topic, anything, wherever you see this posted. If it's interesting enough, we may include it on the show. You can listen to last week's Public Beta podcast, which came out late on a Friday. Reed tells us all about his early adventures on the PlayStation 5. And, uh, yeah, until Public Beta Podcast this coming Wednesday, and, of course, Sultans of Slam after that on the weekend. Be safe, and we'll talk to you again. That's the Sultans of... Fire!